<coughs> Thank you, Phil and Vicky, Rod, Becky, Holly, Shannon, for a great opening. Indeed, um, do pray that as people sung the words, that they would reflect on the words, because indeed the, the words are really speaking, really do speak to our hearts and reflect on and help us reflect on what our response should be to the love that the Lord has shown us. Let's just open with a word of prayer, shall we? Our Father in Heaven, indeed we just pause and thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for this time of year when we remember your gift of love. The baby Jesus who came down to this earth to live and die for our sakes. Father, what an amazing gift it is. And Father, as with most gifts, it's not something that we deserve. It's not something we've earned. It's only out of your incredible love for us. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for your spirit and for your word. And help us, Father, as we open your word this morning and reflect on what you would have us do in response. Just to consider, to be open, and to seek to be a blessing as we sung about, that Jesus would shine in our lives. And we ask it in his precious name. Amen. (coughs) So, over the last few weeks, we've looked at humanity and compassion. We were reminded how God looks at us and how he wants to have a loving relationship with us. We're also reminded that God wants us to show compassion to each other. So this morning, as Phil indicated, we're going to look at stewardship and think about how we manage those things God has entrusted to us. Each chapter has a a key question, if you haven't uh, been with us in the study. Our question this morning is this. What is God's call on my life? What is God's call on my life? I'm going to suggest to you, his call on our lives should reflect how we use those things God has provided. Our time, our families, our schooling or our work, our finances, and even our bodies. God has provided for us and we should in turn show his love and compassion to those around us. The key ideas that we've thought about recently include this. I believe all people are loved by God and need Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that was from the talk on humanity. I believe God calls all Christians to show compassion to people in need. From the talk on compassion. The key idea for our talk this morning is this. I believe everything I am and everything I own belong to God. Everything I am and everything I own belong to God. When I was first asked to speak on stewardship, I kind of thought, oh, okay, it's about the money aspect. And then I quickly realized, no, it's not. It goes much farther beyond that. And I think it's a challenging one. Uh, I know it's challenging for me and I trust it's going to be challenging for all of us 
to look at what we're doing with those things and really give them back over to the one who has provided them for us and to use them for his glory. The key verse for this morning is from Psalm 24, verses 1 to 2. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built in on the ocean depths. Sorry, built it on the ocean depths. Again, from Psalm 24. Just before we get uh, too far into it, I'm not sure if we have. We don't this morning. Never mind. Um, the so Psalm 24. Just uh, Psalm 24 talks about the Ark, or is based on the Ark of the Covenant. It was a processional psalm, and it was used to celebrate the Ark of the Covenant being brought to Jerusalem. So we're not sure if it was used when the ark was first brought to Jerusalem or if it was an end or when that special occasion was commemorated later on. So for those who aren't familiar with what that is, the Ark of the Covenant was a sacred chest. It was made out of wood and it was overlaid inside and out with gold. It was a little over four feet wide, a little over two feet in breadth, two feet in height. And it was carried on poles. It had rings on it. That, so it was, uh, poles went through these rings. It was carried on poles on people's shoulders. Um, on the top was what was called the mercy seat. And on, on the mercy seat were two cherubim made completely of gold. And what the ark did, it, among other things, it symbolized God's presence with the Israelites. Let's just uh, read Psalm 24, shall we? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. In the Old Testament, God commanded the people to bring thanksgiving offerings and sacrifices at various times. The people did this in a way to show that they remembered, that they were thankful. And they did it at special events, for example, at the beginning of the harvest. And God was pleased with these, but there was something missing. There was something wrong. Reading from Psalm 50, verses 7 to 15. Hear, my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not rebuke you for sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. 
I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Down to verse 22. It says, Consider this, you forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with none to rescue. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me and he prepares the way so I may show him the salvation of God. So God says everything belongs to him. And that's our key verse this morning, or key idea this morning, right? I believe everything I am and everything I have belongs to God. God's word states, fulfill your vows to the Most High. In other words, honor God not only with your sacrifices and your thank offerings, but with your lives. Follow him. Turn your heart to him. That's what God desired then. That's what was missing in these sacrifices. But that's also what God still desires today, isn't it? People who are willing to devote themselves fully to him. In addition to the expressions of thanksgivings, sacrifices and offerings were also needed because people sinned and turned away from following God. And in the Old Testament, sacrifices were required to atone for those sins. There are numerous rules <coughs> excuse me, sorry. There are numerous rules which govern what sacrifices were required for specific times and reasons. God wanted the people to show that they were truly sorry for what they did. And he wanted them to change and follow him wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, many people seem to use these outward expressions as just a get-out-of-jail-free card. Here, Lord, here's my offering at the altar. I'm really thankful. There's my sacrifice. I'm sorry. And then go on their merry way and turn back uh, to the false gods that they were following or do things that God had commanded them not to do. None of us would ever do that, would we? Or do we on occasion? So everything belongs to God. Who in your home or who gets the cell phone bill when it comes in? Who holds the student loans? Who makes the payments on the vehicle? What about the mortgage payments? Whose name is on the ownership papers of the different things? You do, and it's your name on these things, right? And there's probably a few bills that we'd just like to hand over and say, God, they're yours. Please deal with them. I work for the, uh, for those who don't know, I work for the province of Ontario. And when we need to rent a vehicle, we're supposed to rent under the name of Province of Ontario in right of Her Majesty the Queen. And as you may guess, when we first started going to the rental agencies, that kind of got uh, a few people's attention. And even though we referenced the Queen when we rent, um, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't get the bill if something happened to my credit card. (laughs) 
kind of like if you look at uh, an American coin in God we trust, but you go to the restaurant and says, in God we trust, all others pay cash. <laughs> but we are called to be stewards or managers of all things God has entrusted to us. Reading from Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14. Again, it, talking about the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to one another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put all his money to work and it gained five more. So also, the one with two talents gained two more. But when the man who had received one talent went off, he dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I won't put you in charge over many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge over many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money in the bank on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. For everyone who has will be... Sorry. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God entrusts us with things so we can focus on ourselves and live happy lives. No. Don't think so. Just checking to see who's listening. God entrusts us with things similar to the talents we just read about so we can use them for his glory. We are to be stewards or managers of those things he's given us to look after. We may have title to those things, houses, cars, things we don't want like the bills, but we need to remember where everything came from. Who is the giver of all good gifts? And when we live for him, for his glory, our lives will be more fulfilled. We'll know his peace, his love, his leading, and feel his joy. So what are we to be stewards or managers of? In one word, everything. We're called to manage God's creation, our families, could be children or even looking after parents, our homes, our bodies, our time, the list goes on. 
in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we're called to look after creation. Genesis 1, from verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. We're to be stewards of our families. Does anyone here not know where babies come from? It takes two people, a male and a female, right? And so who does the child belong to? Like everything else, they're a gift entrusted to us. Psalm 139. And we sung about some of the words from this in the song Lavish Love. Psalm 139 from verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God wants us to raise children to know and love him. They're responsible for their own decisions, but it's the parents' job to point them in the right direction. We're also to be stewards or managers of finances. There are numerous places in the Old Testament where God told people to bring the first part of their resources and their other offerings to him. If they are faithful to him, he would bless them. Proverbs 3 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Deuteronomy 14:23. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. But if that place is too distant and you've been blessed by the Lord your God and cannot carry your tithe because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver and take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy anything you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. And do not neglect the Levites living in your towns, for they have no allotment or inheritance of their own. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the aliens, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns, may come and eat and be satisfied, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. God used tithes and offerings as a support mechanism for others, including the Levites who supported him, as well as people who were not able to provide enough on their own. Now the Bible doesn't say money itself is a problem. The problem is the love of money and the pursuit of money for our own gain, isn't it? 
Those who chase after money are never satisfied. I just need one more dollar or one more stock or one more whatever it is. But it's, only, it's always one more. It's never quite enough. Now, the New Testament also has various references to speak of choosing what's important. For example, in Luke 16, Jesus said, No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, we read this about what he's told to command the rich to do, from verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. In the church I attended as a child, we would sing after the offering was collected. I always thought it was a beautiful response. And it comes from 1 Chronicles 29. Blessed be God, Father of Israel, forever and ever. All that is in the heavens and in the earth is thine. All things come of thee and of thine own. Have we given thee? Proverbs 11.24 says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Has anyone watched the movie A Christmas Carol lately? What did good old Ebenezer Scrooge realize? It's not all about money. So when you think of that and you think of Ebenezer, you could also think of him as a help. In the Old Testament, we see that the Philistines and the Israelites were always fighting. And in 1 Samuel 4, we're told that the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The Israelites had turned away from God. He let the Ark be captured. And then eventually, he caused it to come back to them. The Philistines attacked God again, though. And this time, the Israelites have turned back to God, and so he helps them. We're told that at that time, Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far has the Lord helped us. So the Ebenezer was a stone of help. It was a memorial stone put up by Samuel to mark where God helped where he helped Israel to defeat the Philistines. So when you think of Ebenezer, think of it as a stone of help or remembrance. Do you have an Ebenezer, so to speak? Something that reminds you of God's goodness and love? Uh, Maybe for some, it's a cross that they wear or the Bible that they carry on their cell phone or their iPad or whatever mechanism it is. I have one that... uh, I periodically look at, and it may seem a bit strange, it's, uh, it's a pen. It's, uh, it was a gift that a, a special couple gave me uh, on my 40th birthday. I was going to say, it hasn't, hasn't yet come yet, but I got it in advance, but no, that's not the case. It, it's uh, quite an old pen, actually. But you know what? Uh, we're all rich, aren't we? Hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work we go. Do, 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 do. Hi ho, hi ho. I won't whistle this one because uh, I'm not sure how that's going to come across the sound system. And 
Somebody at our office has a mug that says, I owe, I owe, O-W-E. It's off to work I go. My story is that I was born good looking instead of rich, so I have to work. (laughs) Hey, that's my story. Uh, Remember, we're all created in the image of God, so we're all pretty good looking. And some of you probably noticed that my glasses are really strong as well, but that's a different story. But you know what? The reality is we're all doing pretty well, aren't we? We may not be among the 1% of the world's wealthiest people, but we're not that far off. We live in like royalty compared to most people on this planet. It's who we compare ourselves to and who we listen to. I think especially at times of year like this, anywhere you go, somebody's trying to convince you that you or your family just needs something else to make your life complete. I think not. Here's one to consider. It's from Proverbs 30, from the sayings of Agar. Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. By the way, if you're still looking for a Christmas gift for that person who has everything, you may want to consider getting them something in their name instead. A goat or some chickens. Access to clean water. There are a few different Christian organizations that help people across the world with things like these, aren't there? Another gift might be just a favor that can be cashed in later. Something that takes time but costs no money. We're also to be stewards or managers of hospitality or our homes. Like everything else, our homes belong to God. And we should be ready to open them and show hospitality to each other. There are a few families here that are particularly well known for their hospitality and frequently have host guests. And when we have that, not only do we have a time of fellowship, but in offering hospitality, we may also be helping advance God's kingdom. Reading from the message from John 3, Dear friend, when you extend hospitality to Christian brothers and sisters, even when they're strangers, you make the faith visible. They've made a full report to the church here, a message about your love. It's good work you're doing, helping these travelers on their way, hospitality worthy of God himself. They set out under a banner of the name and get no help from unbelievers. So they deserve any support we can give them. In providing meals and a bed, we become their companions in spreading the truth. Hebrews 13.1.2 says, Stay on good terms with each other, held together by love. Be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why, some have even extended hospitality to angels without even knowing it. So we are to extend hospitality. On the other side of that, I don't know about you, I'm one who probably needs to allow others to be more hospitable. And don't get me wrong, I'm not asking for a dinner invitation here. I'm sometimes disappointed here. Somebody came through town and didn't drop by or didn't call when that happened. But then I look at my own habits when I travel and have to admit, I often fail to drop in and visit others at the same time. 
something to consider. We're also called to honor God with our bodies. Paul had this to say in 1 Corinthians. He said, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Linda, my wife, had an uncle. He used to say that we live in body houses. Not B-A-W-D body houses, as in houses of repute, but B-O-D-Y body houses. And one day, we're going to leave those houses behind. So we're to be stewards or masters of God's creation, our families, finances, our homes, our bodies. In other words, we're to honor God in everything we do. Colossians 3 says it this way, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We sung that, we sung that this morning or reflected on that in the words this morning, didn't we? Lavish love. All my body, mind, and heart. And in God alone. All I have and all I am. All I dream and touch and manage. All I do and all I plan. All my wealth and words and actions. Each tomorrow unknown. Lord, I gladly, wholly give them all. All for love of you alone. That's what it's all about. Now it seems fitting that we're coming up to this topic about the same time we're coming to the time when we celebrate that the King of Glory came to the earth for each and every one of us. We're reminded that children are a gift from God. Indeed, this is the time of year when we remember that special child, the greatest gift of all. Isaiah 9 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of, his increase, his go- of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The Bible tells us that this Prince of Peace, Jesus, came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. tells us that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty we may become rich. Again, the key idea for our talk this morning was, I believe everything I am, and everything I own belong to God. Can you say that? We're to be stewards of numerous things. 
And how we manage those things God has entrusted us to is a reflection of our commitment to Him. It's walking the walk or it's putting the money where our mouth is. It's doing as we say, not as we do. So what do our bank statements, our calendars, our choices say about our priorities? We should be managing those things we have in a way that point others to Jesus. In doing so, we can honor him and look forward to hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So if we circle back to where we started Psalm 24, we read that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Verses 9 and 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. As I noted earlier, the psalm celebrates the Ark of the Covenant coming to Jerusalem. At this time of the year, we celebrate the baby Jesus being born in the city of David in Bethlehem. He is the mediator of a new covenant. Salvation is a free gift to anyone who is willing to open their hearts to Jesus. Let the Lord Almighty be your King. He is the King of glory and He deserves our honor and praise. I'm wondering if we can sing one uh, Christmas carol as we close. It's number 133. And I'm not going to put the words up. It's in your hymnals. Hark the herald angels sing. And, and as with one of the other songs, it, it does kind of go a little higher, so... Uh, if you want to stand, I'll leave that up to you. If you want to sing, I'll leave that up or sit, I'll leave that up to you as well.
Heavenly Father, again, we just pause and marvel at your love. We thank you for the love that caused you to send your Son, Jesus, for us. Help us, Father, to just stay close to him. Indeed, I pray that if anyone does not know him, that they would open the gates of their hearts to him today. And help us, Father, just in all we do to honor you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.